1: It's been said that people run systems, and the systems run their businesses. Thoughts and beliefs run people. It's all about why we do what we do, what we attribute importance to, what drives us, how we frame the decisions we make, how we feel, and how we think. So much of our success in life and in business is about what we believe in our hearts and what's inside our brain. In business, I call this the Small Biz Brain. Small- Small Vis America. The (laughs) Brains. Joining us on this segment is Todd Holland. Todd has created numerous successful companies that help businesses connect with their perfect clients, automate their processes, and maximize efficiency on one core belief, and that is holding true to one's own values, becoming the best means taking the responsibility to pass on the craft as passionately as possible. Todd is currently an instructor for real estate and mortgage marketing and the chief economist and digital marketing consultant for HOM Sotheby's International Realty. We've all heard of that. He's also the co-founder of the first 100% virtual real estate company. This is fascinating. And the digital marketing contributor to the expansion team where he coaches hundreds of agents on social media practices, lead generation, automation, automatic conversion, and other strategies. Let's welcome Todd Holland. He joins us from California.
2: David, thank you so much for having me on here. It's an honor, man.
1: Welcome so to the program. Yeah, a lot of a lot of great dots to connect uh, the work you're doing in the marketing, the real estate piece. And of course, we have this common uh, uh, c- a common thing called uh, meditation that uh, we can touch on <laughs> if we have time. So it's uh, probably the, it probably should be the first thing we talk about. But for this uh, segment, yeah. we'll focus on what you're focused on now, which really is the, the things that real estate professionals should incorporate into their marketing, their practice. What are the four components? And then we can unpack them as we go.
2: Definitely, David. That's a great question. I think that you know to start out, let, let me just drop those four and then we'll go into some some uh, details on why each one's important. Uh, in order, I think that number one, uh, real estate agents should be incorporating community marketing into what they do. Now that's a very specific kind of marketing. Usually people you want to market a home, market themselves, market the company they work for, I'm kind of going against that grain saying market the community that you want to work in because that's really what people are buying right. into when they work with you. Second mm-hmm. is value-based marketing. So your, your marketing should never be about you it should never be about the cars that you drive as a real estate agent or the experiences you have it Should be about the value you give to your agent. That's the biggest mistake I see the first big sale. Somebody makes, they go and post about the Maserati they bought. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's wow. certainly one, one important wow. component. The third one, this is kind of where, where my expertise comes in, I think in full force third and fourth or organic social media marketing, mm-hmm. uh, which effectively is the, the unpaid, uh, social <laughs> efforts of, of the social media component. And then the fourth one is going to be sales funnels, which is, you know, we all kind of know what a funnel is, what a funnel does. Essentially, it's an automation of the marketing and intake process for obtaining new clients. That's that's kind of those four things. Are the cornerstone, I think
1: beautiful, Todd, let's unpack them briefly and uh, you know see what what happens here so community I mean, it is what it sounds like, but you do have a little bit of a variation in the theme in that uh, you're not necessarily talking about the community where the real estate broker or agent lives, uh, but rather where they want to focus in terms of the real estate inventory, right
2: right exactly if you if you take a look at all of the hyper successful brokers and agents in my trade area which is Newport Beach and coastal San Diego and things like that they all yeah. have one i think common thread which is they own their geographic territory almost down to being able to draw a circle around it on a map mm-hmm. um, which is interesting so and when we find that across all top performers aside from the occasional top performer who will be able to you know blanket market but that's extremely expensive i know one agent team who's doing that Newport Beach, spending close to $2.5 million on print marketing alone for a blast kind of everything strategy. And it's working. I mean, they're, they're highly effective, but that's one of those things. We don't all have that to invest in our own business. Well, it's interesting out. you
1: say that. I mean, it, it takes capital to be able to broaden to that extent. And also you have to maybe capital in terms of human capital, as well as capital to do the printing and in, in this instance, and, and actually do the marketing, right?
2: Correct. It's very labor intensive to go about the way they are, but they're finding, you know, Mm -hmm. success. It's a 40 person team. So I should hope they find success in what they do because that's a lot of mouths to feed. But I mean, essentially that that's it in a nutshell, because when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're selling the idea and it's really, you know, this, we can attribute this to a broader notion of business in general, but if you look at, you know, any kind, anytime you're trying to sell something, make a connection, solve a problem, it's rarely about the individual product itself. In this case a home, it's about the accoutrements. It's about the life. Lifestyle, the community, the you know, the school district things you buy into in the real estate context. So yeah, yeah. I think you know, focusing on those things, not the not the, the not the hammer, not the nail, but the fact that the hammer is is nailing the nail into the wood. I think that the action is more important than the uh, than the physical being. So that's Good. one great question on that. Yeah,
1: yeah, the, the yeah. functionality and the utility of it all, uh, and certainly there's chemistry involved with all things sales and all things business, and I guess you could argue all things humanity. Uh, So so and that's something that we can't necessarily control. But um, I I will talk about uh, sort of the softer side of the sales process, perhaps uh, later. So the next is this value based idea. And here it's not all about you is kind of what I I heard you say and and not about the ego and projection of that. But please, uh, if you will.
2: Right. And and David, you know, thank you for asking about this. Uh, I try to make the everything I, I go into as simple as possible, because if you have this very overly complex arching idea, you don't really have the idea. You have the idea of the idea, right? That's kind of one right. of the cornerstones right. value marketing. Essentially it, it's, it, it's, as you described it's as it sounds, when you want to market yourself as a business owner, and you're going to go the social media route, which is I'm going to post something where everyone who I know and their connected followers can see this thing you really have to be careful about what you're portraying. I mean, you can portray yourself as a person who, you know, as I mentioned, drives all the Maseratis and has like the, you know, the, the, the nice home and all these beautiful things to have and their measure of success. I think people should, should chase after these things. Right. I don't think that should be the way that we market ourselves to our clients. I think it should be about them first and foremost but there's a fine line to it. I don't want to take too much time on this one point. There's a fine line because you find people who every time they get a listing, for example, or they, they represent a buyer, or they, they get a sale. They'll post about it. It's almost like, you know, you're a Walmart. They're not, you know, scanning, you know, the diapers and saying like hashtag just sold some diapers. The doctor's not just saying you just just <laughs> the lobotomy. That's not, you know, we're the only industry. That
1: doesn't <laughs> did you say just did a lobotomy? Me. That was beautiful.
2: Yeah. Nicely I'm, I'm done. Right? Westworld as as it turns out. So I'm seeing a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got those
1: off. images conjuring and they're, they're like predicting. Yeah. The, okay that was very funny actually um (laughs) and you just smoothed right over that we could have completely ignored it um there is a balance i mean yeah as you talk about it i mean one thing is an expression of yourself and your ego and the other is just continuing to let people know that you are succeeding in closing transactions do i have that right
2: I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and that you're doing it not for you. It's for, it's for them. Absolutely.
1: Right. Right. And there, there probably are other ways to add value. When you talk about value-based, I would guess what, anything else behind the value-based idea, even as we sure. keep it simple here?
2: Sure. You know, just off the top of my head, uh, one thing I can think of, I, I think the way that we'll, we'll speak about real estate in, specific, in, in particular, sure. but the way the real estate industry is evolving is that there's a greater call for analysis, analysis in the sense that you know we're we're no longer dealing with uh, you know smiley faces and granite countertops. We're dealing with a specific asset class that's now appreciating at or around the range of other asset classes. So I think mm-hmm. that there's a call for agents and certainly mortgage loan officers, anyone who's in that field to kind of read the same things that their that their clients are reading on the high end. You know, I, I think that it's, it's always funny to me when someone is in, you know, let's say Newport beach or some very high, high market trade area, and they don't read the journal. They don't, you know, kind of attend the same uh, the seminars that their you know, clients would read. And so they're not absorbing the same body of knowledge. There, there's a huge disconnect and there's a huge connection. Uh, there's a flip side to everything connection right. you can make. Mm-hmm. Um, with a client by simply having the same knowledge base that you tap into every single day, things you can talk about, things you have opinions about that you can share, and I think that's one of those you know it goes into that value marketing to have you know the the ability to communicate with your client in the way that they feel like they actually should be communicated with, which is you know as as a holder of an asset class, not just someone who's buying a print home at the end of the day.
1: Todd, as you work with uh, the expansion team and uh, the coaching work that you do, are you working across a, a lot of different asset classes or are you strictly uh, focused on one?
2: Well, it's interesting, right? Because we, I've got, you know, I've, I've, a couple hundred students that I'm, I'm actively coaching at this time and they're all across the country. Uh, the ones more local to me and, and by local, I'm, again, that's, that's Newport, Carlsbad, as we talked about before, yeah. Southern California, they, they're all, there's essentially two asset classes. There's primary markets, And there's tertiary markets. Now, the primary markets are all just about the same kind of individuals. You know, highly successful, probably just sold a business for $200 million, wants to go buy a $20 million house. Very, very specific group of individuals. Uh, You look at tertiary markets, which are the places, you know, that that I live. Most normal people who don't have $20 million um, in their bank account live, yeah. it's a specific, uh, you know, very, you know, different and highly specific set of considerations that you want to speak to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's asset classes and you go over flyover States, you know, I hate to call them that because you know, they're, but you know, the terminology when, you know, the, those, those areas often have a, a totally different asset class, you know, the $200,000 and below market, we, we do not mm-hmm. we don't have that, uh, in California in, in a mm-hmm. great, in a great extent. So, yeah. Todd, question.
1: it sounds like you're, you're in residential though, and you're not in commercial or other types of, uh, when I say asset classes in my mind, that's what I was thinking about, but sure. uh, so you were thinking of tiers of, of price, uh, pricing tiers, uh, perhaps, but, but are you involved with commercial?
2: We do a bit of it. Uh, we'd more, more on the, on the funding side. So we have a, a bit of, you know, the kind of, uh, a, a foothold there, but that's, that's one of those, one of those things I want to challenge people to see residential real estate maybe in the same light that that commercial real estate agents are are viewing their craft too because again that ties directly into i think um uh, you know the 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 need for better analysis the need for you know if if we treat if we treat every home like an investment which we don't but if we did we have a whole different pricing model and structure and and everything i think in terms Mm. of how we look at these things so that's one of those things that yeah i mean and a good point that you know normally you talk about asset class you're talking about large-scale commercial building you're not talking about homes but you know, so some of these homes are, cost, are costing more than commercial buildings <laughs> across the
1: country. Yeah, it's all relative, and it just kind of depends on the the, the footprint and all of that. Right. Uh, all the all the math. Uh, organic social media. I mean, so we know what social media is, and organic, we think of search, organic search. But talk about how you frame this for your students and uh, for the work you do.
2: I think organic social media is is probably the most important of these four options, and I think that it's actually the conduit through the other three options manifest themselves. Um, so you can you can do community nice. marketing a number of ways. You can send out flyers, you can do whatever you want, you know, make cold calls, same with value-based marketing. But with organic social media, it's using a specific channel to activate certain goals. And those goals are gonna be connecting to the, uh, the large-scale group of people that you want to meet up with. And, and one, you know, tying back into, into residential real estate, for example. What we'll do is I'll, I'll instruct people to join uh, local group, homeowner groups on Facebook mm-hmm. and on Instagram, stuff like that that you're a part of, and and again value marketing. Don't go and promote yourself as a business owner. When someone has a question, get in there and, and help them, and then be known as an expert in your market. And there's right. nothing better than that in terms of bringing business in as being like the recommended individual for a certain craft.
1: Absolutely, it makes sense that you're going to want to work with people. First of all, you've got chemistry with them, but beyond that, if they know their stuff, they know their business, they really sense, they understand the market, they've got a context, they understand what you need. I guess that's a value too, but in the right? social sense, you're, it's, it sounds like it's active. You, it, we should be active if we're on Facebook or LinkedIn uh, or even Twitter. It's not a passive thing where you're just blasting out content and hoping people will ping you. Uh, that's part of it. Right.
2: Right. And you know, I think that, you know, they, and I hate to call out any particular organization, any particular person's podcast um, but I feel like certain prescriptions for success, you know, kind of laid down by the higher up, organizations in the real estate yeah. community uh, yeah. are actually prescriptions for failure in, in many ways because they, 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 they treat it like just post your listings, you know, that that's not going to you know do anything, but the, oh, act is, right, right. And, and you know, the, the reason I said organic social media marketing, and you can call it organic media marketing, or organic media buying, whatever you want to call it. But mm. the social aspect is so important because you're at the end of the day, you know, uh, these aren't leads. These aren't, you know, uh, uh prospects. They're, they're, they're human beings. You connect with them on that personal social level. It's, it's hard to see them going with anybody else. If, if you've, if you made that actual rapport and connection with them yeah. and the best way is with the groups and the best way is with, you know, Uh, And, and, you know, I I don't, I don't want to bog down with what technicalities things, but there's, there's strategies in place where you can post 10 times a day and have each group of individuals. Like let's say one group is your clients. One group is your past clients. One group is your friends and family and have each person only see one of those posts and have be directly targeted to them. So Facebook at the end of the day, and and people don't like to talk about this because it's, it's difficult to master and like to give up, but Facebook is the greatest CRM ever invented. It's the greatest drip sequence ever invented. I think it's the greatest customer attention tool ever invented, and was never intended to be any of these things. Exactly, platform to sell ads, but it truly is. Yeah, yeah. And is
1: it primarily because of the targeting, the ability to take a a profile, uh, as you say, uh, people looking for a certain range or a price range or a certain type of home or a certain where they're located or or who they the who they are, the the profile of them, right? It's the ability to target that that makes it so powerful. Is that right?
2: Right. Right. Exactly. And the, the example is always comparing Facebook to, let's say Google a, as a mechanism for running ads, a, you know, Google, right. Google uh, AdWords, things like that. Sure. Google measures desire, measures want. I want something, so I'm going to go look for it. Facebook measures capacity, which is interesting. Because ah. when you target on Facebook, you can narrow down for when I do my real estate ads, I, I want people who can afford the house. So I go a hundred thousand income or above, yeah. oh, this kind of car or above, net worth Beautiful. of this, you know credit. and you can do that. You can't do that with any other platform that I know of. Now how valid that information is, call is called into question because we know what's going on you know in Congress and with all the hearings. But right, you know the, the point is that you know, such a platform exists and, and can be utilized and, and should be utilized, frankly.
1: Well, forever. I think advertising, you know, in the, in the early phases of advertising, the evolution of the concept of advertising to consumers, I mean, it was so broad, it was very hard to measure and not nearly as trackable. So a lot of this is sort of the, the conversion and the evolution of the ability to track. And now, now we're getting into people's stuff and now privacy is being questioned because right. the, the tracking, the things we're tracking are private. So it's very it, fascinating time. Uh, and finally, the sales funnel, all of this really, certainly uh, some of it is talking, about this building of a sales funnel. How do you like to frame out the the concept of the sales funnel and how best to uh, utilize it as a concept for your students?
2: Definitely. And and it should always be thought of as a, as kind of a supplement to what you're currently doing in any business that you do. It's never a replacement, right? If you're in business, and you you know, doing what you do for 20 years, by no means should you switch up that up and, and kind of invest your time into something else entirely, but it provides an excellent supplemental source of contacts that people can tap into over mm-hmm. a long period of time. And then when, you know, utilizing this and use it again, so automated conversion, uh, systems, we call them bots. My team makes fun of me. I call them bots because I am yeah. chat bots, not quite the same thing. Uh, <laughs> right, it's very right. cool. And, and so the, you know, when you, when you kind of tie it all in together, what you need are, are three things. You need a, an ad of some kind with a very good offer. You need a way to capture the leads and you need some sort of uh, mechanism to follow up and convert those leads so that you're not chasing down every person who opts in. And those three things I think, you know, can take someone from, let's say, uh, you know, a 1% response conversion rate up to like what we see is a 40% response rate and 8% conversion rate. I mean, imagine spending $5 a lead on 100 leads and eight of those leads convert into sales and you get like a $5,000 commission for each one of those. You're turning a, less than, you know, a $1,000 or maybe $5,000 total over the whole thing, 500, frankly, mm-hmm. into 40,000, right? And mm-hmm. that's one of those interesting things that, you know, the ROI on on paid advertising, if done correctly, there is, in my opinion, nothing like it out there. Uh, i that, that I've seen, I could be wrong, but from what I've seen is, you know, you, you never get the 500 in $25,000 out as you do with uh, Facebook, which you can get sometimes.
1: It's also really fascinating that we think about the funnel, the sort of this automated marketing mechanism is it's, it's sort of this thing that's purrs along the side, uh, along the way, while you may be, you know, dotting and dashing your practice, your business with more um, uh, face-to-face types of endeavors or social media or other things. But this is like this email thing that sort of, maybe not just email what other types of uh are you probably using all kinds of mechanisms to pull uh, uh, people into a funnel right including facebook which you mentioned it's one of, the, one of the best ways to do it do i have it right is that how you think yeah, you i'm do. visualizing this you know
2: your, your, your picture, like is, layers as far of, as I'm concerned, it's multiple yeah. layers. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where if, if, uh, I always like to say, if, if we're having a conversation, obviously not you and I, but if, if, you know, myself yeah. and the prospect of having a conversation, yeah. you've probably been in my funnel for a series of months now. You just didn't know it yet. And that, that's right. probably one of those, it, it, it needs that's to be cool. very subtle. It needs to be very value driven. Otherwise you're, you get, you know, that term commission breath. and No one likes to be known as the guy with commission breath, right? That's a uh,
1: commission breath. Oh, that's a great <laughs> phrase. I like that commission <laughs> breath. <laughs> What's the best way for folks to uh, reach you, uh, Todd Holland?
2: Best way, is, you know, a couple different ways. You want to send me a direct email to my team. That's Todd at lumenwoodgroup.com We can probably provide the link at some point. If you want to uh, check I out, out the, site, the show,
1: show notes, sorry to step in you, yeah, I can put it in the show notes as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. And then Lumen. the site, you know, Mark, uh, for sure. And the site, Market Makers Academy. Uh, dot com that's uh, that's our our little miniature free coaching thing for the real estate and loan officers. so if you want to take a look at what we're doing as far as automations and, and you know we we phrase as market makers it's not just real estate market makers anybody any business owner who's looking to learn more about how to do these things and it doesn't cost a thing you know please, please take a look at it. i think it could help your business tremendous so that's market
1: makers academy do i have that right makers with you an do okay yes, with an s and uh, is that a dot com just simply that that's website all right cool and the other one lumen spell that for us if you would todd
2: definitely so t-o-d i i I try to keep it efficient with the one d in the name so t-o-d at lumenwood l-u-m-e-n-w-o-o-d group.com
1: lumenwood w-o-o-d so lumen l-u-m-e-n w-o-o-d group.com just want to make sure we have that Where do you see opportunities, Todd Holland, to improve things for those who work with you in the real estate ecosystem?
2: Definitely. And very quickly, I know I spent a lot of time on the previous question very quickly. Uh, There is a huge call for analysis, a huge call to get better at analysis. There's tools out there that prevent you from having to do any math whatsoever in quantifying the value you bring to your clients and to your community. Please use them. Uh, As a cry to all business owners, if there's not a way to credibly track ROI of using you, then, then you're going to find some problems in long-term retention. And so that's one of those things, not just for that, but yeah. also, so you know, you're doing the best thing for your client. So that, you know, call to analysis is obviously way better in the real estate community. We've got house Canary, which is a phenomenal program. I know Philly like should be able to house Canary is a phenomenal analysis program for communities, neighborhoods, attracts about a thousand different parameters as far as property values, rental, wow. places, things like that. It's really great virtual reality. I think, uh, you know, the industry is finally accepting the fact that People don't want to, you know, go out of their day to stop their day to go look at homes or to you know, stop what they're doing to go kind of take a look at a product. So virtual uh, reality for, you know, uh, real estate, you know, those virtual tours are very good. Similar thing for you know, other industries to have, you know, recorded demos of yourself kind of going through a discovery call. Uh, with the results that you've seen with the points, that's also a very helpful uh, way to mm-hmm. automate that process too. I, I always tell you know my clients, what are the ten conversations you have most frequently? Record videos of that and start a portal, and then you don't have to have those conversations any longer unless you enjoy them, right? So those yeah. types of things, I think you know, are are, are where it, it's heading and improving. We're seeing a lot of progress, I think, in those in those ways.
1: Yeah, some visionary ideas from Todd Holland, and also this idea of de- what is decentralized marketing and, and how how does that work in terms of a brand?
2: It perfectly. It, and so decentralized marketing is kind of the opposite of what a lot of uh, brokerages and, and brokerages really, when you look at what they are fundamentally, you're just holding companies that support license activity beneath them, right? That's kind of the concept yeah. of what a brokerage is. Now it, with that being said, you, your license activity, be it real estate mortgages, commercial real estate, whatever it is, that's, that's you. And that brand that you take with you, is your decentralized marketing package. Now, if, if you leave your company and you've been mar- you know, I, I've done a lot of business, let's say, you know, M&M, but let's say you leave M&M uh, commercial real estate. Sure. Then, you know, and no you're, it, mm-hmm. exactly. and then so in all, all of your, <laughs> all of your um, business stays with them, then, you know, you've done no decentralized branding for yourself whatsoever. So I think it should always be, you know, Todd Holland, with x the the provider or the the expert in y and that's the best way to frame yourself that's what i'm a decentralized market. that's
1: great in other words don't rely on the big box brand to um because it's not going to be portable for you if you leave that firm uh, you know it all stays with them and you've got to rebuild your brand equity in the marketplace
2: that's that's true. That's true. And the mm-hmm. other the other side of that too is, is let's say we've got nationwide companies, uh, you know, kind of all prescribing the same strategies. I'll tell you right now, to sell a house in Oklahoma, it's a very different sales process to sell a home in California. Absolutely, South California. sure. So it's important to stay, you know, as as kind of local as as you can with your approach too, because it's it's not it's not out of ignorance. It's not out of kind of neglect. It's simply that you know one brokerage, you know, na- national company can't you know predict every single market sensibilities. You have to kind of fill those blanks in for yourself when you go. And that's kind of what I'm talking about: decentralized.
1: Brilliant. And uh, what is a cloud brokerage?
2: <laughs> so a cloud brokerage, uh, it's it's um, my company, Grobecker Hall International. We were the first virtual real estate company in San Francisco at the time. Now there's many of them. We're also the first company in which you can buy a house with Bitcoin without any transaction of the Bitcoin. Now that Bitcoin's gone down, let's become a little bit less of a popular talking point. But that's another thing there. A cloud brokerage to me is a brokerage in which all of your resources and all of your uh, kind of necessities and needs are met in an online capacity. So it obviates the need for expensive real estate on the real estate co- company side, for example, yeah. uh, because you've got, you know, uh, people who are, you know, spending in, in key markets, 25, $30,000 a month on, uh, office space, which nobody really uses. You just have to have it because that's what everyone else is doing. Right. Appropriate that into something with an, with a measurable ROI, like paid advertising, for example. And you see a tremendous, a tremendous return for your agents too, and that's for, good for attention. So, cloud brokerages to me, and I'm looking at a couple of key ones. Obviously, GHI is my favorite because I, I, I'm the H in GHI. The Holland is me, so that's oh. why I, I'm a little biased. That's uh, cool. But yeah, so obviously I have to I have to plug them first. But EXP yeah. I think is doing some crazy cool things with right. what they're doing, and obviously yeah. with the expansion team, so a little bit of bias there too. But they're doing some very cool things in terms of you know uh, addressing what agents need and removing the things that they don't need. You know, the, f- the fluff is, is often very nice to look at, but you know, yeah. on dollars and cents. If we're, if we're the ones funding set fluff, then, you know, we're, we're not, we're not in the best position that we could be in my opinion. So I like the cloud model. I think it's very cool what they're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, the cloud model seems to apply to a lot of businesses, service businesses like this, where you just don't need to be asset heavy. You know, you can lighten up on assets and and capital and, uh, and and put those dollars elsewhere to grow the business. And now because so much is flowing across the uh, internet and the network, it's just, it's, it seems wasteful as a fundamental business idea to have infrastructure that is, is not being used and is not returning ROI. Right.
2: I agree. I agree. if you've mm-hmm. got to, you know, you look at, you look at, you know, overall co- you know, cost recovery methods, if you have to, you know, sustain a hundred transactions a year just to cover expenses that you don't need, you know, should the market take a downturn, what's the first thing that's going to happen? You know, we all have to kind of plan for these fourth yeah. quadrant uh, events. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really big, really big improvement on, on the old way of doing things. Right.
1: Absolutely. Todd, uh, finally, as we wind the uh, corner on the, this segment together, uh, some visionary ideas about where you think the industry is going. Some final words for our listeners.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think moving forward, um, the uh, the industry, and, and we'll talk about real estate, but also I think, you know, in general, the economy, right? We'll, we'll say all the industries combined, the economy in general is going to continue rewarding people. I think who, who take risks, as it always has. That's not like a new, a new finding. Um, mm. I think that looking specifically toward what companies can do to, you know, market themselves better, it, you know, we're seeing a, a very strange environment where a company, uh, you know, essentially who would be priced out of a, a market that Walmart moves into, let's say, can now compete with the advertising efforts of Walmart on, you know, their mom and pop shop budget. And that's a time that we've never seen that before. Um, that's, that's in fact, we, all those, you know, documentaries and I'll reserve my opinions on, on the matter, but the show that, you know, these people losing their business to Walmart, that's no longer something that has to happen because you can have that individualized branding business to business. You can make someone stand out on social media way they never could before and really pull people in based on local value. So I think that is one of the things I'm most excited about is that, you know, I've always kind of been a small business advocate and the fact that now they have a bit of a fighting chance uh, is, is exciting to me. I think that it, yeah. uh, in addition to that, the way that we present our products to people, the way, the way that we sell, if we want to consider it selling and not problem solving the way that we do that, I think is changing fundamentally too. And that's also an exciting thing to look at as it involves.
1: Beautiful. Todd Holland. Boy, you are brilliant and uh, really raising a trail around marketing, all things marketing around real estate. And really, as you said, and it's true, applicable to any business, small, medium or large. Uh, a lot of these principles follow. So, uh, so good to have you with us. I'm grateful that you could make it. Todd at Lumenwoodgroup.com. That's with an E-L-U-M-E-N, woodgroup.com, where you can reach him at uh, Market Makers Academy. So, uh, Todd, thanks so much for joining us on the program. We'll do it again.
2: David, thank you so much, man. It's been fantastic. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for joining us on our journey into the small biz brain. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, and please do give us a review there. You can contact me at podcastandradio.com. I'm David Wolf. We'll see you next time.